Hello, this is Lauren Cook here on the Psych Podcast with Dr. Chuck Robertson. Good morning, Lauren. <laughs> Good morning, Dr. Robertson. So, to start off, can you st- tell the students a little bit about yourself? A little bit about me. I'm just a poor dirt farmer from Tennessee. was growing the burley tobacco, and I uh, had the delusion that if I educated myself, I might not have to work as hard. <laughs> okay, so what brought you to Dahlonega? Uh, this is the first job I got offered out of graduate school. Okay. Never left. All right. So can you start off with undergrad and talk about your major and why you chose the undergrad and if you did any research and just talk about your undergrad experience? I'm not sure that I did that much research. I knew I wanted to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. That sounded sexy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was either biology or psychology and uh, how a brain works sounds a little more complicated than how a cell worked. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with that and never switched majors. I think I was probably pretty lucky to uh, start off my undergraduate career by having a bunch of experimental psychologists run my classes. I think probably if I'd met some of the clinicians mm-hmm. early on, they, they might it's a good chance they might have run me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of had to deal with them a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the experimental guides were, were solid. Gotcha. So did you think... Um, starting out in neuroscience, is that what you were thinking to start with? Uh, yeah, brain. I, I didn't really separate neuroscience from psychology, Okay. I don't think. That wasn't really my perspective. Gotcha. That's very cool. So I did that, minored in philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably one of the better things I did because I took a bunch of logic classes. So mm-hmm. in that way, it's like more math, more programming, good for analytical thought. Mm-hmm. And then you applied to graduate school. That's right. I left there. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I knew I liked working in the lab uh, better than studying, something I wasn't very good at. So uh, I went to Mississippi State to get a master's degree, a general master's degree in experimental. I got to work with a guy there named uh, Marty Geeson. Mm-hmm. I was his uh, research assistant at the Blindness Center on Low Vision. Uh, he's a social psychologist with a big math background and accidentally fell into some research projects in the aging genre with Carolyn Adams Price. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess everything's kind of like an accident and just followed that. Very cool. So what made you pick Mississippi State? Uh, I, I, I didn't know much in terms of what graduate programs were or like. There were mm-hmm. a few people doing uh, basic lab research, but no one doing serious research at Martin. So um, I was kind of naive. I was just looking for something mm-hmm. to uh, find my way, I guess. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, and how, so you said everything was kind of by accident. So how did they challenge you or mold you to make you into the better student and the better researcher? Like what kind of things did they do? Yeah, well, it was very experimental just working with Marty. Like, it was just working on computers, scoring open ended questions, doing a lot of stat stuff, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot of work on the servers, and getting some experience in Unix programming. Uh, and then with Carolyn, she was working with a student that um, I think, I don't know, I guess you would have to ask Danny, maybe he has some personality disorders. He was OCD. We used to like to throw paper on the floor and see how long it would take him to pick it up. And he was supposed to make a large presentation with her. Mm-hmm. And he just freaked out and refused to go make the presentation. It was at a, the Southern Gerontological Society. They were given an invited address on mm-hmm. independence and dependence. 
Uh, so once he freaked out, she asked me to go. So I just picked up with that project and ran and with it and turned it into a thesis. Very and cool. so that ended up being kind of my master's thesis project in that area. I met a bunch of people in gerontology from doing that. Gotcha. Did you do? Um, did you get to do another of your own projects? Yeah, it was just kind of in the beginning states. So I picked that up and ran with it, and then did some extra research on creativity and aging, in addition to the thesis project. Very cool. Um, so. Getting out of graduate school, how hard was it to find a job? I mean, obviously you got your first one and you're still here, but what was like? What was your outlook? Did you plan on being a professor or, like you said, scientist before? So what, like, how hard was it to get here, and why did you come here and that kind of thing? Right. I think that's a hard question. So a after leaving um, tech, I actually came here before I finished, which was a horrible idea. Um, <laughs> But getting out of there, there were people going into industry, but it's, it's very different. And then people going into R1 schools, uh, mm -hmm. and so they basically have to get grant money and generate soft money to pay for themselves. Uh, and then other people went to work for Oracle. If you know Larry Ellison, he's the guy that was just paying for all the sailboats in the mm -hmm. America's Cup. Uh, some people went to work for Google. Uh, mm -hmm. Other people were doing independent contracting for like really large corporations like John Deere. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of all, all over the place. Um, but this was local. It was close to my nephew. Mm -hmm. It was small at the time. So it, it was beneficial and that allowed me to attend soccer games and piano recitals <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking about the big corporations and other types of jobs, can you talk about the financial um, aspects of those jobs and kind of maybe give an overview of what they would do? Sure. So um, a lot of them are interested in interface design, human-computer machine interactions, mm -hmm. um, and kind of simplifying things, reducing human error. So like uh, one of my friends that went to work for Google, 20% uh, of her time was supposed to be working on aging projects and, and kind of interfaces for older adults. But the rest of the time, she was working on making uh, Google ads that would pop up in YouTube videos that would kind of generate the most money for Google. Things that would be okay. unobtrusive so that people wouldn't run away, but also um, targeted enough so that people would click on them occasionally if they worked and follow through on those ads. Yeah. So you can imagine, like, how do you make an ad, right, but not annoy people? Yeah, it's like that's a crazy. Huge, it's a huge challenge. Yeah. Uh, so they go through tons of iterations, and they're they're always working on things like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, where do you see the field of cognitive psychology heading? Um, do you see it more like growing in the sense of more people coming in, or do you see it kind of staying the same, like about the same size, in like as the people in the field? And where do you see it going? That's an odd question. Uh, well, I think it's going like big data. Big data is the mm -hmm. way, right? So we got enough storage to um, collect lots of data and analyze it on a grand scale. Mm -hmm. I think neuroscience is kind of over. So it was like sexy for a while. You had people <laughs> do behavioral stuff and you took pictures of brains and you had colored printouts. Mm -hmm. uh, basically all that showed was that um, decades of behavioral research was correct. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, so it was kind of like verifying in a way. Uh, and so... Now cognitive psychology is the way to go in that... Well, I mean, I think yeah. that is cognitive psychology because you can't have people on a scanner unless you have a good behavioral task. Yeah. 
for them to do. So there's always a cognitive person on those teams. Okay. Um, but I think neuroscience is kind of like winding down in terms of being the hot thing to do, just like sticking someone in a machine and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to take <laughs> a picture of them. Yeah. Um, thinking simple thoughts or analyzing simple problems is kind of over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next thing would probably be maybe big data, like lots and lots of data that we never had before because we can share it now. Okay. Okay. So more math. Take more stat classes. More stat classes. All right. Um, so that's one piece of advice to students who are planning to go into the field or planning to go to graduate school. What's some other advice that you could give for people planning on their future right now? I think you need to be diversified with lots of skills. So I think that in- includes uh, good communication skills, just like any other area of industry, but also lots of uh, computing skills. So you need to know how to program at least on a basic level or at least well enough so that you can talk to people who mm-hmm. you're paying to do your programming for you. Uh, you need to understand how that works, and I think you need to have a good understanding of statistics mm-hmm. and math. Mm-hmm. And those things that pay off, because not all not all people can do that. Yeah. So it limits them. It makes them weaker candidates. Okay. Um, and if you could change anything about your undergrad experience or your graduate school experience, and I can go back and do it again, what would you do? Would you? Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. I mm-hmm. think I'd probably be more involved in human computer interaction, so HCI. Mm-hmm. So um, while I was getting my kind of main focus in cognitive aging, which is really in, in memory, lifespan development and memory, mm-hmm. uh, I got a statistics minor, which was great. So I took all the classes with the I.O. students mm-hmm. uh, that have to get a statistics minor on their way to their I.O. degree. But uh, at the same time, there were probably some good opportunities in human-computer interaction. So it's about interface design and people interacting with computers, and that would have been really good for me because it's naturally an attention capture. So it's something that's easy to focus on. It just draws you in. Okay. Um, but I don't think I really knew about it till I was already several classes into stats. So yeah, quick, I got to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Light at the end of the tunnel. Right. All right. It's a well, very long tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like it when you're only at the beginning. Um, so that's all I have. Do you have anything that you want to add? Fantastic. Thanks for the nice questions, Lauren. Oh, thank you, Dr. Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Night, night. <laughs>